<clears throat> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. With me always is my uh, more than capable, uh, burgeoning professional podcaster, uh, performer extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Tommy Drake. How are you, sir? I'm okay, John. How are you? Doing great. Spot check, Tom. How can they reach us here at the podcast? Uh, Twitter at After late L number eight ER. That's close and, enough. Yeah. And, uh, uh facebook uh after later podcast oh yeah you're, you're nailing it dude i'm telling you you're there you're there you're, you're hall of fame and in, in no time buddy i don't know and, i don't know what i'm doing you're doing a great job you're doing a great job at it uh we're cranking out some episodes here some newer episodes and i'm really enjoying this time i, I really wish we have to find some way technologically to be able to continue to do this when we're both on separate ships yeah, you know, I was just thinking when you introduced me with uh, with me as always, mm -hmm. you know, it might not be always. You might have to record some of these without me, and I might have to record some without you, because as much as we're traveling. You know, it's funny. We hadn't even really talked about that or considered it, but I, I, I would, well, I know I can do it, I, you know, did many, many episodes of After Later with just myself, and right. I found it to be lonely. All right, so yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing a, a, a test episode of, of you doing it, Tom. Now, because Tom, you have access to Anchor when you're on the ship, right? So I, which I is do. Ironic. Yeah, I do. Hey. <laughs> so you could just sort of record little little segments and stuff. And I think we should you should practice that. I think on this next run, just do like little 10 minute segments, right? Like as you'll see, it's got a timer on it and just do the whole, hi, welcome after later. I'm Tommy Drake, so Tommy Drake minute. I hear I'm on the ship, blah, blah, blah. And see if you can do 10 minutes with a nice little wrap up and we can- Well, I I'll tell you what would be interesting. Like we're we're trying to get, uh, as an example, we're trying to get Tom Foss on here, right? Oh yeah, As a great. guest. Well, if, I, if we run into somebody and it's just one of us, but we yeah, have an opportunity, uh, you know, we could uh, record an interview. And I think it'd be really interesting to, to like, as an example, me interviewing Chris Strait, mm -hmm. and then you recording yourself listening to the interview and commenting on it. Oh, know? that would be weird. You know? That'd be so meta all, as fuck. So I like that in idea. There. Yeah, so we're all in there. And I could, I could go back and even, uh, I thought about going back and doing recorded listens to some of your early solo after later episodes. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, you know what, like a special feature, like a little pop-up video. Right, right. You can just, and I would I would comment on them. You know, I, I think though since we're both kind of you know young men who came of age in the '90s, every time we press pause, it would need the need the the record scratch noise like. Oh yeah. oh yeah. At this point, blah 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 blah. Right, that would be that would be interesting. All right, so we just got to step up our technological uh, equipment and abilities. You know, we're held together with glue. We've got basic stuff right now. So a little bit of a, a expansion. I think we can we can make this go. Not a lot of people are going to relate to this, but you will understand. And some of our listeners will understand. I just figured out how to travel much lighter. Mm. But I am I am packed to the inch to travel much lighter. So bringing equipment might send me yeah. back to that big check bag <laughs> yeah let, let me just explain this to those who don't know when you're a traveling comic the worst thing you could possibly do is check a bag oh it's awful it's just especially you know if you're just traveling domestically it's bad enough but when we've got to catch a you know a de havilland otter to get to a small island after three connecting flights to you know descending size uh, uh islands you better be able to have everything you you have with you in, in your hands if anything anytime something gets checked that's a 50 percent chance that they ain't making it and then you're going to be doing shows for five days with whatever you had on on your travel day right so i get it i totally get it and for me that's why the streamline the better we're gonna have small mics we're gonna be on tablets you know, something you can fit in your existing backpack. I ain't trying well, to. Ideally, it's just going to be upgraded equipment of stuff I'm already bringing with me, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Right. And added a microphone. I don't think you're traveling with a microphone. And I'm uh, probably you travel with a bowling ball and a machete. Right. But, but you those don't... are that, that's what's going. Actually, I figured out how to work without using. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Knife. Yeah. So that part's good. I imagine that's caused a lot less headaches not having to travel with a foot and a half long blade oh not having to check a bag not having to bring a weapon those are all good things <laughs> those are all great things 
<laughs> and it's not a weapon. It's just a prop that looks like a weapon, which can cause some some. Was well, there a difference though? I mean, could could it not be used yes. as a weapon? Well, a, a weapon style of what I use would have a completely different handle, would have a different weight. The mm-hmm. blade would have an edge on it, you know, all, all this stuff that it doesn't have. Yeah, it's a it's a weapon, but it's it's not as good a weapon as it could be. It's the kind of weapon that you would toss to your enemy when he <laughs> yeah. didn't have one because you're too much of a gentleman to slam without it. You know, it's right. the worst weapon in your bag. Okay, but let's say you you were attacking me with your prop machete. How would I know as the victim of the attack that that it, that this is not a weapons grade weapon? I'd be like, oh man, this is you would you barely would know, even getting. You would know thirty seconds into the fight when your pitching wedge is winning the battle over my machete. <laughs> You'd be like, if this golf club is yeah. this isn't much of a weapon at all, you know. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, as you are trying to lighten your bag. Uh, I'm actually looking for something that's going to heavy it up a little bit. Oh, you're going to travel heavy, are you? Speaking of a golf club, what I'm looking for, and I haven't been able to find the right one yet, is I'm really getting into mini golf. And so many of the ships that we work at and the places we go to have amazing mini golf facilities. They do. But what I've found, well, on the mini golf tour, is that the putters they provide are poor quality, poor consistency. Uh, And so I want to travel with my own putter. But I don't want to actually, you know, the long shaft putter is going to be a, a pain in the ass unless I just sort of you're looking pretend for it's a, a cane, a right? collapsible or telescoping putter. That's, that's what I want. I want one where the, the 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 shaft closes like an antenna. All right, right. Uh, I've seen a couple of options available online that are a too expensive and b just not exactly what I'm looking for. I may have to engineer it myself. Or maybe a maybe like a, a screw together like in a, a, a Q stick billiard case. Yeah, maybe? something like. But then I I don't want to have a case. What I want to do is be able to put it into the backpack that I already have. I got you. Right. Okay. Like I'm not trying to take you know four balls and, and make my own mini golf course in my room or nothing like that. I just want to take the. Was it Lovell that snuck the golf club to the moon? Uh, which which of the astronauts did that? I'm not sure exactly. I, but he I'm had to do it. To not know. He had to do it in parts. You know that was not that that was a total violation. The the hitting the golf ball on the mm-hmm. moon, total. He had to sneak the golf ball up in one package, mm-hmm. and then he had he actually had the damn the head of the golf club. I think it was a seven iron. Oh, like, that's smart. On his body, like like like. <laughs> Like one would wear a cross, basically. And then the shaft was in two parts of the club. You need yeah. whatever he did. I hope it was low. I hope I got that right. I would I want to look that up. But it, it was such a great uh rebellious thing that happened that I don't think enough people appreciate, you know. They had to weigh that cargo down mm-hmm. to the ounce. And yeah. he snuck on a golf ball in a golf club. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, there's a lot of risk involved there. Uh, uh, side note, real quick, going back to what we had just talked about. That's the moment right here in our episode where we would insert a record scratch and then like a fact check. Right. 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 You know, I looked it up. It wasn't Jim Level. It was Neil Armstrong blah, 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 or whatever. I think right. you're at level. I think you're actually right on that one. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. What you're, you're, The risk there of, wow, I don't know what's causing that wobble. The, the, the balance is off and the doesn't make sense. Uh, we are showing here a weight differential. Of, we're, we're, we're half a pound heavy. It's like, oh, shit, it's the club head. Uh, you know, but the, to know that someone could go to those uh, efforts and sneak on a golf club and ball in parts shows me that there's a better than z- a better than zero chance that someone has snuck weed into space already oh yeah yeah i mean oh, yeah. someone has gone up into to mir i would guess mir if there's any of the space stations that have been smoked out yeah i don't think it's the iss i don't think it's the chinese one i think it's mir i think some soviet dudes they've definitely been drunk on vodka up there oh yeah there's no way someone didn't sneak a spliff up there and they enjoyed some. And that, that person would be the, the highest human in history. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, jumping into this, Tom, Tommy, uh, I know you're not on Twitter so much. I think you would, you would, you would like it, but what I like about Twitter is I follow an eclectic group of thousands of people. 
uh-huh. right? All kinds of different accounts. Um, uh, I was, matter of fact, I was showing Sarah this last night. I don't know if you follow the Iron Sheik or not, listener, uh, but the Iron Sheik wrestler, WWF glory days. Yeah, is and he's verified. It is the Iron Sheik himself. Uh, is one of the best tweeters ever, and it's because it just randomly along your your timeline, you know, you're seeing news updates, sports updates, friends saying stuff, weird yeah. stuff, and then all of a sudden, it's uh, woke up this morning ready to beat the fuck out of some people, and if you don't like that, go fuck yourselves. And it's the Iron Sheik, right? <laughs> and it's just like it's like it's like odd, motivational, you know, inspirational. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so I'm, you know, that's, that's kind of whenever I dip my toe in the Twitter, whenever I take a couple laps on the timeline, that's what I'm looking for. Like, Hey, what's, 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 what's going on right now? Like right now in the world, what's, what's the vibe going on. Right. Uh-huh. And I saw this one earlier today and it wasn't even, I, like I follow a lot of the, the photography accounts because I love getting interesting pictures, especially I use them on Facebook when we're promoting after later. Cause you know, if you post, if you just try to post the link to something, it gets shut down because they know you're trying to promote something. So instead I post a picture and then put the links in the comments and that seems to reach more people. So I, I, I grab eclectic pictures to use for our cover shots. Right. And there's this one that got retweeted by an account that I like, and it's called astrophotography. And it's a, it's a beautiful picture. As a matter of fact, I'll, I will attach the screenshot of this tweet uh, when we upload this episode. So if you're on Facebook, you know, go to wherever this episode came up and you'll see the picture. It's a nice picture. It's obviously a computer generated picture of what appears to be a rocky earth and a dying sun. Okay. And it says, when the sun dies, the charred lifeless remains of earth will leave no evidence that humanity ever existed at all. Now, Tommy, tell me if I'm wrong here, but on first glance, that seems to be a bit of a depressing statement, right? A little bit. Right? Like, it's not yes and no. I'm glad that you said yes and no, because that's how I feel about it. I think this is a good, almost like a a mantra. Is that the right term? Uh, uh, Something that something you repeat to sort of give yourself grounding and assurance. Like, yeah, mantra works. It helps keep things in perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I could use this as parenting. Like, for example, let's say one of my kids humiliated themselves by peeing their pants in public, right? And I could be like, hey, you know, in the long-term scheme of things, I know you're upset, that you're embarrassed that you, you peed yourself in front of everybody at school. But when the sun dies, the charred, <laughs> lifeless remains of Earth will leave no evidence that humanity ever existed at all. <laughs> right? Well, uh, the human condition is all about um, how far you go with your end game. Let me explain. Because the ultimate end game, the end of the universe, nothing you can do to avoid that, right? And then, of course, the end of our sun, our sun expanding and uh, uh, collecting the earth as fuel. You can't stop that either. So uh, we, we already have two end games that we're certain of that we have, we have no effect over whatsoever, right? So then you keep, you keep going uh, closer and closer to the time that you're in, right? So there's the, end, the inevitable end game that you could give to your daughter in that situation. Hey, you know, we're all, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember we went to that funeral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you learned about death. <laughs> Nobody said anything at that funeral about anybody peeing their pants. You know, <laughs> that's true. So, so there's that we're all going to die end game. But then there's like the, uh, you know, there's the career end game. Like if, uh, you know, if one of your kids decides they want to take a one year, you know, culinary school thing and mm-hmm. start working in a kitchen, what's the end game of that? You become a chef, you open a restaurant, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a, you sell that restaurant, chain of restaurants, you retire. It's a pretty good end game. Yeah. Cookbooks, TV shows. Right. Yeah. There's... But then the next end game is you're still going to die. Yeah. Whether you go to culinary school or not. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, th- so that's a good way to look at it. Like, hey, you know, the on one hand, you could be a successful celebrity style chef and make mm-hmm. millions of dollars with your innovative restaurant ideas, your amazing recipes, your startling personality. You could you could be the next Gordon Ramsay or, you know, you could completely fail and go broke and, you know, be in debt up to your tits and have a horrible experience and maybe cut off a thumb. Yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter because when the sun dies, 
That's right. The charred, lifeless remains of Earth will leave no evidence that humanity ever existed at all. So, you know what? Yeah. Order that dessert. Now, you know John, what I'm saying? It, it, Have it an just, extra drink. John, it just occurred to me, and I got there earlier, but I didn't connect it to the original quote, and I apologize. Mm -hmm. uh, the quote's wrong. The sun will be alive and well when it absorbs the Earth for fuel. That is a good point. So when the sun dies, the earth will already have been burned up and compressed within the sun. Oh, that's even more depressing. So in yeah. the process of the sun's death, it will consume the earth and there yes. won't even be charred lifeless remains of earth. So there will especially be no evidence that humanity ever existed at all. Yeah, we are technically just sun fuel that's just sitting on the porch. Right. Oh, yeah. There is no question that we are part of what is getting burned up in the sun eventually. And you know what's funny? You want to hear the the the, the great uh, punchline of the the solar system fucking irony is the expanding sun will obviously consume the first five planets just alone, yeah. and it's going to tear Saturn and Jupiter completely apart just by gravitation alone and heat. Yeah, and then it'll collapse and ironically the only one that will be left is cold pluto <laughs> watching the dying sun and the ashes of the, those who denied its existence in the first place now uh some science people might say nah for sure pluto's gonna get sucked up by a by a dying sun but others others might say no chance so i yeah. think you're i think you're right on the uh I think you're right on the border there, Johnny. I think it's there's a there's a there's a possibility that the sun could expand and collapse without that outer debris that's that's within its gravitation so, getting absorbed. That says pretty clearly that we need to have at least some sort of life raft presence on Pluto. We should be using Pluto to like like as a great digital library, like just stuff and shit yeah, there. Nothing yeah, but the, time capsules. The further away you get from the radioactive, smoldering, dense ball, the safer mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That would just be intuitive yeah. there. That's good. So I like that. So, dear listener, um, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, the 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 foundation of after later was taking care of mental health of the listeners, right? The hey. COVID sucks. We're all going through it. Be cool. Be chill. So I know some of our core listeners here in the in the 47 some odd confirmed listeners that we have are, are probably still coming here for a little bit of that, a little bit of reassurance, a little bit of perspective. So I offer that to you, a what sounds like a fatalistic mantra, but I think can put your you know, put your happiness back on track, back in the groove. Is just remember that when the sun dies charred <laughs> lifeless remains of earth will leave no evidence that humanity ever existed at all and then apply it liberally and repeat as needed yeah lather rinse repeat did you hear that babe when the when the sun dies you're like can, my, my wife will join us here real quick hey babe just okay. to complain to me about something something household wise or something something like that oh well all of the he is causing the, the floorboards to contract mm -hmm. and keaton says we need to fix that floor mm, okay fix all the holes well i understand i see your your floor problem and i understand that it's probably an expensive contractor fix but i would just remind him not to worry about it because when the sun dies <laughs> the charred lifeless remains of earth will leave no evidence that our floorboards were coming loose and that or that human, never existed. Or, yeah, they never or existed. Our There'd be no proof of it. That Who, humanity. So much. Floorboards. Not you. Are you are you a member of humanity? No. No? He says no. <laughs> says no. He's checked out. Rules are different for werewolves. Yeah. That's a weird question and a weirder answer. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my that's my boy. If I ran uh, into a bean in an enchanted forest, I might ask, are you a member of humanity? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> no. Oh, good. Let's talk about those people for a minute. Then. Yeah. He responded the way like guys our age would if you said, hey, do you like K-pop? Yeah. What? 
No. no. Ugh, ugh. Humanity. Ugh. Humanity. They suck. <laughs> no, not me. I'm a I'm sovereign. I'm just a wood woodland creature. <laughs> you know? I mean, humanity has pretty good choreography, but I don't like their music at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hey Tom, spot test again. How do they reach the podcast if they wanted to? Uh anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh Spotify, Apple. Uh, I, who else does podcasts? I don't know. Uh, the anchor headquarters themselves, oh, anchor. anchor.fm. Yeah. 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 A- anchor.fm. That's a good place to hear it. Yeah. Well, we are syndicated out there on all of them. Spread the word, find one that you like, uh, rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. See, that was good. Now, now Tom, how do they find us on Facebook? Uh, after later podcast. That's right. Facebook. That's I do. Yeah. It's a, now, it's a, it's a fa- interactive fan page. Yeah. What, yeah, of course, I interacted there months ago, and I'm sure there's, it's not a real active uh, Facebook page. We should probably step that up a little bit. That's on me. That's on me. I, I get stressed out that I'm not maintaining our um, our social media well enough, but then I, I just remind myself that when the sun dies. Um, I have to be on uh, charred on, on Facebook uh, for work, usually when I'm traveling Yeah. Uh, to communicate with the people I'm working with. So if you tag me in a post on the After Later Facebook, uh, After Later Podcast Facebook page, I will see it and I will respond. Well, you know, Tom, I believe you're an admin on that page. You, you I can, am. I you think can I am. I feel free to post weird stuff, share stuff there. You know, you could. I don't know if that works on your interface there with the, uh, with uh, the flip phone. I might. Maybe I'll post some essays. Maybe I'll post a little, little fiction. Tom, do you ever, in your time on Facebook or any of the social media accounts, does it ever creep you out when you see like, like people who you know are dead, still active yeah. on Facebook? Yeah, you know, you know, like I had that the other day. I was just on Messenger. I think I was actually sending a note to you about when we're going to do a podcast, right? Yeah. And you see the people that are online, and there was three of them that were online that I I know were dead. Yeah, yeah. That just that just creeps me out a little bit. I feel like there should be, like you know, like a, you remember well, Ron a Shock. Of, Ron Shock, yeah, Ron, his Ron, wife. Ron Shock's, Ron yeah. Shock's uh, account is active. I was just going to mention Ron. That's creepy. But I, a lot of our friends uh, who've died were stand-up comedians whose uh, whose social media mm-hmm. uh, still generates a, a small amount of residual income and stuff like that. That's true. But I didn't think about the income. Reason there's a reason to keep like ron shock's page alive you know yeah i keep getting and and it's kind of just macabre but our, our old buddy ralphie may his he still has extremely active verified yep. pages yep he's got yep. a verified fan page i'm like yeah what's his verify verification process because i don't think he is uh but anyway it's 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 a little bit spooky and i think we haven't well, gotten to the point yet where we figured out how to handle people's passing and their social media presence at the same as, time. As society gets older and as the internet gets older and as Facebook gets older, uh, more and more people are going to die that know more about it and know more how to use it. And right. if spirits exist and they can actually access energy through electricity, the future ghosts will send you messages on Facebook. That Dude, that's be, a that's, that'll I, be the EVP of the future, right? Oh shit, the I never ghost, thought of that. The ghost message that you get, yeah. But it hasn't happened yet because Ron Shock didn't know anything about social media. He was an old guy. He doesn't know how to send you a message, right? Man, that's 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 really good. Matter of fact, I feel like we should almost pause, write down that idea, and then send it to the Writers Guild. To protect it because that sounds like a good horror movie that sounds like a good ghost story right someone yeah. actually like a legit haunting yeah. on facebook you know that would be that would be something that would be impressive now, never... in, the, in, in the history of the uh the ghost stories and the hauntings there have been some posthumous phone messages it seems like mm-hmm. there's a couple of those that are documented and it's hard to say how real that is but phone rings it's an unknown number or it's the number of the deceased and there's that, that some a lot. mumbling on the other line, you know, or there's some static or there's some weird sounds, you know, it's the phone call from beyond, you know? So I think the Facebook message from beyond is the future of home is the future. I think you're right. Well, there was a dead or not dead, a uh, black mirror episode 
that was similar to that. Like essentially you would, uh, like an AI would just sort of go through all of your, your social media history and just sort of ape your personality and would be uh, available yeah. online and would yeah. still interact through the AI version of them. Right. And right. it was like to help you grieve. It was like to help you get over it. But anyway, it, as you can imagine, it went horrible. Right. It turned into a, uh, you know, they made it to an Android and it lived up in the closet. It was like a, a living picture. It was really spooky, but you, you I, and I know a lot of people whose online presence is completely different than who they are. In the oh person. yeah. Well, do you think, is there enough internet DNA in your social media presence already in what you have posted and what you predictably will post for them to use the algorithm to just create an online version of you that would respond and post the way that you would? That would be weird. I think my Twitter version would be different than my uh, Facebook version, right? Right. It would, yeah, my Twitter one would be a bit of a uh, uh, off the rails shock comic, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, sure. from my years as a whiskey brother, you know, my my yeah. future cancelables. Uh, yeah. But my Facebook, it would just be meals and tourist pictures. Right, right. Like I feel like I'm I'm connected enough to your Facebook feed that I could take it over predictably for a week and nobody would notice. Oh, now that's happened in murder cases. Yeah. People have done that. People have yeah. killed somebody and then checked their phone and tried to make them, you know, keep posting, uh, you know, and they've actually had a little bit of an algorithm to determine that it wasn't the original poster, but by language and pictures and angles of photos and stuff like that. Like, you know, I mean, if you, if, uh, you know, a five foot two woman takes a picture at a cliff, it's uh, a lot right. different than the six foot two killer taking the picture at the cliff. Oh, look, I'm enjoying. And they're like, oh, that doesn't add up. They can measure. So that's happened before. Yeah. But thinking past that, thinking about the, um, you know, uh, the forensics of breaking shit down. What if I, I think, you know, they already have it where like, like if you pass away, your next of kin, whoever is your con emergency contact can take over the account and they turn it into what's I think. Um, oh, what's it called? Hey, hey Sarah, yeah. what's it called when someone dies and they take over their pay? What's the setting? Memorial page. A memorial page, just like, yeah, just like a memorial page. Oh. And then someone else can be the yeah. So it, it's it's you know which Rhonda Shock needs to do with Ron Shock because it's it's alarming as shit when you get a a, a notification that says Ron Shock likes this. You're like right. from beyond the grave. So, but right. yeah, they they can change your account to a memorial account, okay. which I think it would be awesome if it was like Big Brother when someone is eliminated, their picture on the wall goes from color to black and white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You know what I mean? So like if it's a memorial page, the all the you know, the screen pic, you know, the avatar pictures go to go to black and white. Yeah. And the ones that are already in black and white, because you're a hipster prick who likes to use those filters, it just goes like super dark. You know what I mean? So the the end game of this, eventually, there's only one living person left on Facebook. Every other account is a dead person. Yeah. They're all Dude, in black and white. You're the only one in color. Oh man, imagine like being able to scroll through your friends list and you're like, 30% of your friends are dead. <laughs> you know, that would suck. But what if it was attached that can well, yeah, everyone's wearing like Apple watches, different biometric kind of things. What if like literally when you died, when your body dies and it gets the data from your whatever, that it just flatlines oh, yeah. and cuts all your stuff off. Um I bring this up because someone, a friend of ours, Outlaw Dave, you know Outlaw Dave. I know Outlaw Dave, yeah. Radio legend here in the Houston area. And yeah. uh, now, I mean, he's basically the uh, the circus leader of just about every motorcycle event there is within 500 miles. Right, That's great. He should be. He's tied into that community. And he shared something today that's a bit of a self-written obituary. And it really got me thinking. Right. Uh, evidently, one of the, the the head Hell's Angel motorcycle gang guys, uh, Sonny Barger, evidently pretty famous, you know, bless you, traditional old uh, biker, uh, passed away. Okay. And uh, Outlaw Dave shared the last thing that he posted. And it really just grabbed my attention because I feel like this should be a standard feature on Facebook. You should have something loaded in drafts that sends when you go. So instead of from your account, hey, it's 
it's uh bill's family just to let you know uh the motorcycle he did not stick the landing and uh he is in fact dead you know so he, so you actually ride it yourself like you, like uh, like uh your, your last words your you're talking last about words. a posthumous <laughs> like, that's beautiful tom i like that <laughs> so here's here's sunny's last post <laughs> his posthumous his, his, his... <laughs> It's, it's pretty good. It got my attention. It's right. um, uh, if you are reading this message, you'll know that I'm gone. I ask that this note be posted immediately after my passing. You know, I've read a lot of novels. I've taken a lot of writing classes. That's a great first line of a book. Oh, what a great opening. Yeah. You know, right. And I like it. He says, I've lived a long and good life filled with adventure. And I've had the privilege to be a part of an amazing club. He means the Hells Angels. I got gotcha. you. Right. So then it kind of goes on and he just says, you know, I'm not getting into what, you know, it's all about, but um, this says, please know that I passed peacefully after a brief battle with cancer. Right. So he kind of on his own terms. Hey, buddy, y'all. So I think I think everyone should have this kind of this this function. You know, like, let's say you're about to get on a on a flight and you're like, OK, if this if you're reading this, then things didn't go great. And just one, you know, I love you, love you. You can go fuck yourself. You're cool. I like you. I was pissed. Whatever you could, you could say, right? Because obviously you can set it up to do you just as a post anyway. But it's something that was actually had a dead man switch on it, where it got, and then like I think it should be automatic once this post, once it's you know confirmed that you are deceased, then your account automatically goes to a ghost account, right? I mean, yeah. would would you, Tommy? Would you? write essentially a public will the, to uh, be posted on your passing on your terms yeah you know not a, a, a will but like a well like an obit like my own obit yeah sure mm -hmm. i think i'd write it you know i like that idea i like it you know i don't feel like if it was me i don't know if i would say how i died because i you know i could be wrong you know right. he could have he could have written you know died peacefully from cancer and then uh you know suicide by cop right but this is right. what he wanted to post yeah yeah well that's well that's what i was gonna say i don't think you're bound by any sort of honor system here to tell the truth uh, this feels like a little bit like um oh like the royal tenenbaums a little bit oh yeah you said, just know that I died heroically, saving thousands of people <laughs> from a burning ship. You know, uh, uh, please give my Congressional Medal of Honor to my family. You know, I think you can express yourself creatively because I don't think you necessarily also have to be all peace and love. It's what a good exercise. It's, what it's if it's your exercise. final fuck yous? Like, look, I died mad and this is what I was mad about. And I feel like I needed to express it that's a good exercise that doesn't necessarily have to be posted you write it down it doesn't need to be sent to the people after you die but writing it down will get it out of you a lot yeah. of our friends are writers a lot of our friends are uh, screenwriters or fiction writers or stand-up comics when you get writer's block you look for exercises like this this is a good one. Oh, that's write, a great idea write your own obituary you know, as if you were told you have about a week to live and to be posted after you die. So if you want to be super honest in there to anybody, mm -hmm. it's after you die. You yeah. want to drop any names, it's after you die. You know? Want to admit some shit? Right. Go for it. You're right. dead. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good idea. I, I think like this is something you could always have in your drafts and much like shitty rich people like to change their will when they get mad at somebody Yeah. all the time. Yeah. You do the same thing, right? You know, like you just every couple oh, you of days you update it. the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm not mad about that anymore. I'm going to take that, that paragraph out. So if I die right now, this gets published. And I, I wasn't that pissed about the guy who stole my bike in, in fifth grade. You know, it's like right. uh, it's like Michael Jordan when he talks about the guy that made the team that he didn't in high school. And he brought the guy to the hall of fame and pointed at him and literally went, it was better now, motherfucker. Thing. <laughs> you know, it's like at this point, you're like, okay, I, I think I can let that go. That's probably okay. And then a couple of weeks later, something happened. You're nope, still pissed, still pissed, putting it back in, putting it back in, which is the, which is the hot draft of my fuck you. I'm dead letter. Yeah. If you're uh if your I'm dead letter has a lot of fuck yous in it, you still got some living to do. You got to work that out. 
You know, you know uh, I think as you get older, this letter gets more and more gracious. You'd think. You'd think. You'd hope. You'd hope that, Tommy. But in your, in your true critical voice, let's break it down by percentage. Americans, percentage of Americans right now. Uh, if they were to do this, like we're talking about, if everyone did it, what would be the percentage breakdown of peaceful, forgiving, and then bitter fuck yous? Where's the where's the break line on that? Uh, 50-50 maybe. You'd think it's that even. I, I hope so. Boy, I could be way off though. Because I think, could, I, yeah, I think it's a, a significant more, number. I think could be you, a lot more angries than, uh, I would doubt there are a lot more uh, uh, gratefuls. You know? Dude, you did this exercise in Tibet. It's going to be 98% peace and love, forgiveness, yeah. you know, positive spiritual energy and only like if you're a tibetan man you you want to bet on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i hate i hate myself i love it it's one of my favorite things i hate myself Uh and in your posthumous your posthumous posthumous it's a posthumous everybody your assignment if you're listening to this write yourself a posthumous yeah that's a good idea i i don't know myself I would vacillate on a daily basis. Like I would need to write the fresh one every day. Yeah. You know, um, like uh, uh, cabinet members, there's been cabinet members uh, throughout the years that literally had a fresh resignation letter in their pocket every day, (laughs) just in case, right. Just in case. Oh, I can't do that here. I resigned. Right. So you had to write. So like every morning you have to write your fresh. All right. If I fucking die today, I'm pissed at this. I'm happy about this. You should all do this. Go for walks and just remember uh, when the sun dies, uh, the charred remains of earth, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, what's today's, what's today's less here? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Because a lot of people die mad, Tom. A lot of people, we are not a, uh, a harmonious spiritual people, you know? Right. It's just not. And you, you, we all want to think that our elderly, our senior citizens, are just wise and kind and handing out Werther's originals and, and just being, but a lot of them are fucking pissed, cranky, die pissed, die bitter. Fuck you to death. Cut off everybody. Give their money to the NRA. Fuck you. I'm dead. But do those, do they still have hard candy or, or they don't have not even Werther's? Not even that. Not, not even the weird ass watermelon shaped ones. Seen those? No. Was the not even maybe a bitter candy? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably just uh, you know that uh, where there's those those shiny tumbler rocks. Oh yeah. Okay. Like they sell, you know, a little pack of rocks, and just those wrapped in wrapper, and go here, you go suck on this, suck on a rock. Okay. Well, I want to I want to talk more about this. I think. In the moment when confronted with your immediate death, most people would be grateful if they had a moment. I think if they had a week, some of them might go back to being angry and bitter, you know? Yeah. But I think it's, you know, uh, you're, you're hit by a car, you're, you're dying words, you know, in that, in that last moment with your last breaths, you're probably thinking, eh, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad life. <laughs> I don't yeah I, I have I have stuff that I don't have to worry about anymore you know mm-hmm. I have no issues it's an honorable death I got hit it's by an honorable. Car. this is how it goes fault. like I think in that moment you're grateful but I think that same person in the hospital saying you got a week to live mm-hmm. that might be a week to get angry and bitter again you know what I mean yeah to like, kind I of could be way off on it. this no I, I think you're probably this. right I think that's a good yeah I, I mean I don't know I don't, this is what you always, this is like your big fear stuff, right? Like when, when the moment comes, am I going to just freak out, cry and shit myself? Or is it, uh, you know, we even notice it. Some people just get hit by a bus and don't even know they're dead. They just, bam, shit happens. Yeah. I wonder what's the, what's the right, I guarantee you take some of those crankiest, most bitter pissed off people. And then, um, you know, what do you call it oh, wait. where they just hate life and, and just fucking hate everything, uh, grab them and try drowning them and watch how hard they fight to stay alive. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes yeah. people just need to be, you know, a little attempted murder 
I think it can really turn some people around. Like, oh, hold on, wait, oh shit, no, you know what? Life ain't bad. I saw the darkness there. No, you're right. You're right. You're. I'm gonna go get a bagel and enjoy it and post a picture on Instagram and turn my life around. Well, it's funny you say bagel because the uh, you would be grateful for the simple pleasures. You mm-hmm. know, I've had some horrible things happen to me in my life, but. When I was growing up in, in Walnut Creek, California, there was a, a Philly cheesesteak shop. And the first bite of their just standard cheesesteak was one of the great pleasures of living on this earth. And I think about it all the time. And I got to experience that a bunch. And if I was dying a minute from now, I'd be grateful that I got to experience that. Hmm. I wouldn't be angry about you know other crap i'd be grateful about the simple pleasures you know i like that tom i like that that's and also once again it's so close to the perfect chicken sandwich that's what i'm talking about man right you have you have that perfect bite of that perfect chicken sandwich and you realize uh, this is one of the joys of life like like a fast lane HOV uh, executive platinum pass directly to Nirvana. Yeah, exactly. Just a bite of enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it, man. You know, and the only way to fully appreciate that moment is to have lived a life with free will where you were hungry or where you put something in your mouth that disgusted you. You need something to compare it to, to fully experience that pleasure, right? So if life is just about the simple pleasures, the only way to fully appreciate them is to have the struggle of the human existence. Otherwise it's not a pleasure. That's a great, I didn't think about that. That's perfect. So if you're just, uh, let's say the soft scold child of an oligarch you know where you've just been bathing in billions of dollars your whole life and you've just been catered to and pampered you don't have the same appreciation for that really good sandwich because you've been eating you know fine chef made perfect curated foods your entire life so your baseline is super low because you don't even know what's bad so you don't appreciate what's good so the you don't appreciate simple pleasures without the simple pains yeah, you've never been hungry. Yeah. You know, that's a factor. You know, there's uh that's part of the surf of life, right? Like if you yes. think about your life on earth as as being a run on a wave, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's good, it's bad, it's not great. It's not just super badass awesome the whole way through. It's the the, the danger and the fear and all of that mixed together. I'll tell you the scenario you're talking about though, the the privileged youth that chicken sandwich might be their pleasure because it might be the first time they ever got to decide themselves on what they were going to eat at the drive-thru you know what i mean mm-hmm. it might be the rich kid's first time ever picking it picking off a menu you know if he had to cook his whole life so it could still it could still give him a different form of nirvana even if the taste is disgusting so so you're talking about isn't that the movie arthur yes right. i am talking about <laughs> Uh, the perspective the perspective involved in being grateful for what's happened for what's happened in you're saying the rich kid uh his first street whore really makes him appreciate food (laughs) that's exactly what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying may we all live like arthur (laughs) i'm saying i live a, a life that is both privileged and struggle filled that's true you've had both arthur and arthur two on the rocks (laughs) and that really made him appreciate liza minnelli of course that's deep that's deep dude i like that all right good talk today tom the older you get the more you realize uh liza is a good singer and ringo was a good drummer Yeah. yeah i you know on the ships that we work on they have almost every ship has its own Beatles band. Oh yeah. Right. There's, there's 
Beatles cosplayers doing cover band stuff of the Beatles all over the world and then all yeah. over the ships. So you see a lot of them. And I tell you what, I've learned a lot about Ringo from, from the, the, the Beatles cover bands and from that uh, documentary uh, get back that that Ringo's greatness was his, his master of simplicity and, and just ignoring irritation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo Starr is one of the great lessons in life of, you know, know your role, stay in your lane yep. and just execute. Yep. <laughs> and he is one of the fab four. Yep. And he's, he made it, you know, even George was just pissed off and ungrateful and bitchy about stuff. And he was obviously insanely talented, Yeah, but he had a harder go at things. Ringo just went, Hmm, Nope. I'm lucky to be here. I'm going to shut up and keep being the guy they like. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, all philosophical and religious philosophy can sort of be broken down to the Beatles, you know, and you're, you, you, you aspire, you want to follow whatever, whatever religion brings you to Ringo, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, the Ringo path. The Ringo I'll tell you, path. the Ringo path is a happy life, man. Is. That is a happy, happy life. You know, you, I, I think about, you know, I don't know about reincarnation. It makes sense. You know, especially in a simulation theory, right? right. Reincarnation makes sense. Why wouldn't yeah, you yeah. send user code back through again and again and again? Yeah. But you know, sometimes you see like I'm trying to think who'd be a great example of it. Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Like Tom Brady has had just the victory lap of life. Right. 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 And I don't I see that as a karmic reward for his soul or his spirit did something truly heroic and sacrificial and got the Tom Brady ride as a, as a reward. Mm. Right. Like, like the original Tom Brady was in a trench in world war one and, you know, saved a hundred men and the fates went, you know what? Good job. Good job. You get to live with a supermodel and win super bowls everything's going to be easy for you. Enjoy the ride. You're going to die real old and happy. Well, if that's the case, what mistake did we make in past lives? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we didn't jump on the grenade when we had the chance. We were too scared at the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, we were, right. we, you and I were just cowering in Pompeii playing with ourselves instead of running and saving people. And you, well, face there, went, there, okay, you know, we'll struggle there, some more bitch. There's a basis for that in the in the major religions that um, that sort of sacrifice has immediate reward, either in the next life or in the afterlife. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So it's funny <laughs> for you to turn it around and say, "Well, people that have these privileged existences must have done something heroic in their last life." That's the only way I can square it, man. Right. It's the only right. way I can see justice right. in it. Otherwise, I meet but, the rich. You know, oftentimes we're you know who who is the most content human being on the planet right now? More than likely, it's not somebody like a Tom Brady that guys like us look up to because, you know, he was the good player and we wanted mm -hmm. to be a good player. Tom Brady's life might be way more difficult than mine. It might be uh, wholly unsatisfying at this point to him because he might have peaked too early in his life. He might, he might, you know, it, it probably isn't, it's probably great, but it might be awful. We don't know. Oh, we don't know the trials and tribulations of poor Thomas Brady. But my question for you is if I told you some guy that lives in Vancouver, Canada, that's, you know, in his mid thirties and, uh, you know, has a, has a desk job 40 hours a week he happens to be the happiest human being on the planet the most contented and the most joyful and he lives in a two-story walk-up but you know we have a way to measure it and he's the guy would that surprise you if it was just some random guy was much happier than tom brady it really would it would surprise me but it would also entertain me i'd be like oh well i want to get to know this cat what's his yeah. secret you know, well, you remember the story, I don't know if I relayed this one to you, the, the, the story of the optimist and the pessimist identical twins. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So there's yeah. a science project. There's two identical twins, identical in every way, except one is a complete optimist and one is a complete pessimist. Right. And uh, in the experiment, 
they take the uh, the pessimist child and put him in a room full of nothing but brand new toys, you know, just the everything, um, you know, straight out of the uh, Toys R Us, just a, a kid wonderland. Right. And then they take the optimist kid and put him in a room four feet deep of shit. Right. right. They leave them alone for several hours. They come back and they check on the, um, on the pessimist kid sitting in the room of toys. And he's uh, just sitting there. Nothing's open. He hadn't played with anything. He's just sitting on the floor, Indian style, pissed off, looking, looking straight down at his lap. Right. And they ask him what's wrong. He's like, well, I mean, you know, this is a trap. You know, you're going to give me to fall in love with these toys. I'm going to enjoy them. I'm going to love them. And then they're just going to break or you're going to take them away. And then I'm going to feel miserable about it. And it's just going to suck. Right. I'm like, okay, interesting. Write the notes down. Right. They're walking down the hall and they hear whistling. Right. You open up the door to the optimist kid and he's in there just singing and happy and uh, just digging in the shit frantically looking for something. Uh-huh. They're like, uh, uh, son, what are you doing? And he says, well, with all this shit, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> and that's, uh, uh, that goes back to what we were talking about before that jokes about the end game, right? The pessimist mm-hmm. kid is upset instead of being in the moment, instead of enjoying that bite of that Philly cheesesteak sandwich, the kid is already saying, oh, this is going to give me cholesterol. I'm going to die miserable in a hospital somewhere. So I'm not even going to take a bite of the sandwich, right? When he's missing out on a simple pleasure, right? And then the optimist kid found a simple pleasure, right? The, the search, the anticipation of the pony, the, the idea that there might be a pony is more exciting than actually finding a pony, you know? So he found one of life's simple pleasures in there. He found that the joy of anticipation, you know? So it's a, yeah. Good, yeah, it's a good story. You know, but sometimes I think, you know, the, the, the right path, and this is what Buddhists say all the time, the, the, the middle path is the best path, right? You don't want to be ridiculously overly optimistic because then you're just a fool, Right. right. You don't want to be overly pessimistic because, like you said, you miss opportunities, you miss life's simple pleasures. Right. right. You got to go right down the middle, mildly skeptical. Mm-hmm. Right. Touch realistic. And then, but then, you know, that said, the middle path may statistically make you the happiest, but it also limits your highs and lows. Right. Right. So this is the risk reward. This is the gambler personality. Right, because right? gamblers they they know what you just said. You can't have the high without the low. Well, they also you know they play it out where like you can't have the extreme high without risking the extreme low. Yeah, so you know. Then you're like, fuck. That's that's another kind of life that I can't get my head around is being like a a high stakes gambler or like a, those uh, uh, adrenaline junkies, right? Yeah. Like a, the danger shit. Like to me. My life, my world, I can't, I can't get there. Well, it's, it's risk, risk assessment. It's, uh, you know, and, and people in that, that do those things that you said are best and worst case scenario people, right? And it's math, risk assessment is math, you know? Uh, I could take $100 to the racetrack, best case scenario, I win a couple hundred bucks. Worst case scenario, I lose a hundred dollars. Right. The way I live right now, that's I can handle either of those things. I could take five thousand dollars to the track. Best case scenario, I win twenty-five thousand dollars. Worst case scenario, I lose more money than I can afford to lose. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. So so you're doing you're constantly doing risk assessment, even in your, you know, even in your business, even in your work. You know, there are extreme things that you could do that are risky to accelerate your comedy career. You know, you could pay a bunch of money to get a really good spot on a college showcase that might book you some high dollar college gigs so you could make extra money next year. Or you could do that showcase, get what you think is a good spot, have nobody pay attention and lose all the money that you spent booking, right? Right. Or you could do neither of those things and send your avails to a couple of cruise lines and see what happens. Right. 
So yeah, I get you're, it. you're already living a risk assessment life in your career and you took chances, you know, you moved to LA when you were young and did stuff like that. So you've took those, those risk uh, assessment chances. You know, I think everybody has those in their lives. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I think I'm a, I, I am more bold professionally than I would be, you know, uh, in, in play. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'll, I'll make big, bold, risky decisions with career stuff, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on a hand of a poker enough to, to cover the light bill for a month. Right. And, and I'm sure right. as hell not going to jump on a zip line across mountaintops on a fucking whim. You know what I mean? Right. There I'm like, right. no, mm -mm, no, I've been broken, had no insurance for long enough to not take unnecessary physical risk you know then it's all it's all risk no reward like yeah okay the reward is i might make it across okay right, right. <laughs> the risk is could shit myself could fall could get hurt you know how am i going to work when i'm hurt i ain't got no aflac right right <laughs> so that's funny like you know moving across the country uh dramatically changing my career making a risk on that i'll, I'll take that jump if i can survive that jump Right but, right, but yeah, you're right. That's it, it's that's interesting. I I don't know if this is where I thought we were going to go uh, with this conversation, but I'm glad this is where we went. Well, you know, I don't want to zip line. I don't like doing stuff like that. Uh, Becky does. Becky loves it. My wife is an adventurer. She's a she loves physical person. exhilaration. But yeah, but you and I both have the thing where, you know, we don't want to bungee jump, but we're happy to, you know, we're happy to go on stage in front of a crowd of people. Mm -hmm which is a different sort of adrenaline rush and a different sort of risk assessment, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're comfortable with the worst case scenario. A lot of people will never go on stage and talk into a microphone because they aren't comfortable with the worst case scenario of that. <laughs> and it's funny, and they're probably brave in different ways. There's people who are I'm sure, extremely sure conservative career-wise. Sure. Uh, and, and then that's their, they, then they go on crazy vacations. I'm going backpacking in Beirut. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? You're going to do yeah. that? All right. Ju jumping out of airplanes or yeah. you know, all that stuff. Because they're secure in other places. I was thinking, I was laughing, uh, you know, comedy scenes are a funny thing. And I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here, but uh, you see this a lot in comedy scenes. Everyone's, you know, somewhere bunched around the same age group. Yeah, young people, everyone's excited to be there. And invariably, they're like, yo, we should all get together and play basketball. Oh, or, you yeah. know what? How about this? Let's uh, let's start a softball team and we'll play in a league. And like, oh, it always starts off like such a great idea. And then you realize that you're a bunch of people in bad health with low income and no insurance and no, no savings. And someone rolls their ankle real bad or blows their knee out playing a pickup game or, you know, breaks their leg in a softball game. And then it's like, we, this is why we just sit at bars and drink. Okay. It's a risk factor. We can survive. You know, now we're doing GoFundMes to pay for this guy's ACL surgery. Cause he's fucking 46 and was trying to stretch a single into a triple. You know, it's just so at some point, yeah, it happens all the time. You see it and then it goes away. Then no one then, you know, five years later, how could we never get together and play basketball? Like, because this guy's in a fucking wheelchair, remember? Yeah. I so. haven't done that with a bunch of comics since I was still a pretty good athlete. You know, I haven't done it now that I can barely move. I, I imagine it would be a different feel. <laughs> I heard though, like we did, we just talked with Will Loden, and he he was he said that the comics were playing basketball again. And mm -hmm. I guess uh, Grady Pruitt's a pretty good player, and he's still on his parents' insurance. That's another thing. Well, there there you go. Then he can he can dive for that loose ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's playing with that Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> the rest of us are just going to urgent care and then not answering the phone at home for another two years. Right. Right. Yeah. Trippy, man. Well, just remember, Tom, at the end of the day, when the sun dies, <laughs> the charred, lifeless remains of Earth will leave no evidence that humanity ever existed at all.
That's our episode of uh, After Later today. Hope you enjoyed it. My name is John Wessling. He's Tommy Drake. It's been a treat to have you joining us on America's premier small batch uh, curated podcast. Uh, If you'd like to reach us, Tom, tell them how they can get a hold of the After Later podcast. Uh, You could go to the After Later podcast on Facebook, or you could find us on Twitter at After L, the number eight E-R. Uh, and you can you can listen to us on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We should show up. We're there. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Radio Public. We're on just about Anchor. all of them. We're on, We're Anchor. on Anchor. Anchor's the home base. And actually, if you go to anchor.fm slash after later, um, you can uh, become one of the sponsors of the show. That's right. You could throw in a little, little monthly five bucks, ten bucks, whatever, what have you. And if you do that, uh, we will read a liner for you. If you'd like to be, uh, if you'd like to us to make a commercial for you, we have excellent rates available. We used to do ads for Old Humble, straight whiskey. You're still doing good. So if you've got something you want us to huck, we'll do it. We're we're hoes like that. Tom, you don't have any commercial reservations, do you? Not at all. What about uh, conflicts of interest? Are you already on the uh, on the roster I, with anybody here? I I have I have none except, of course, the largest cruise line on the planet yeah what about you don't have a flip phone sponsor yet i do not have a, have a flip phone sponsor you think i would you, you should you should i do not but i'm yeah. the advocate well, i just got my hair cut in a new place this morning and the woman was like oh i love your phone like i was wearing like uh like a vintage waistcoat or something yeah you know? oh that's true like i think i think she really thought it was a, a fashion thing and not practical but I'm going into a whole other. Isn't it though? So, Isn't it though? That. You're kind no, of. It's not. Your flip phones are a little bit like a steampunk device. It is a little bit. A little you know bit. what I'm saying? You look like a time traveler. Yeah. yeah. It's so retro that it looks future. It's like uh, you have a Star Trek communicator. Yeah. It should. You, you should do the noise whenever whenever you flip it open. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be cool. All right, well, reach out to us if you want us to hook something. No reasonable offer will be denied. We are soft negotiators, I promise. We are. Other than that, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll uh, hear from you next time. Until then, 420 Wiener Balls, Boo Boo Lit Fam.